Welcome back to the Find Me in Seattle podcast. It is Friday, October 30th. I am your host, Connor Kaysen, here at Find Me in Seattle. It is my job and my duty and my uh, blessing to talk about our wonderful city of Seattle and the people and places and things and all the fun things happening in this city and sharing about some of my experiences on a day-to-day basis. And it is 2020, and I feel like it's so important to be telling you stories and documenting and, and sharing my perspective of what's going on because hopefully we don't have to have another year like this because it just gets crazier and crazier. And so this week where I wanted to start it, well, first let me address, I didn't do a show last week because I just got caught up. Last week was maybe the busiest week I've had of the entire year so far, um, meeting with with clients working on this app that I'm working on. Um, and I did a promotion on Friday, which I'll talk about later with these street eateries. So that kind of tripped me up, took a little longer than I expected. And also I went down to Portland for the weekend. So we left on Friday. So I need to make sure I finished everything up and, and the, the podcast kind of got pushed to the side, but also uh, I released a longer video that was a review for the murder mystery box by Cafe Nordo. And so I was really focused on getting that on time because I knew I was going to be in Portland and I wasn't going to be available. So I had to get all those ducks taken uh, care of. And but obviously I'm in your ears now, so I am back. So thank you for being here. I want to talk this week first about COVID-19 and what's happening, because the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months, even doing the show, I've I've ignored some of the numbers i haven't really been talking about it but i want to like do a check-in here at the end of october because it's an interesting time i feel like it's worse than ever but compared to the feelings and the sentiments and the anxiety that was happening in march and april it just doesn't feel the same which which is a little concerning so this week we've been setting record highs yesterday we had ninety-one thousand. COVID-19 cases in the United States. We had over a thousand deaths um, and Washington's doing actually pretty good. We only had 850 cases in Washington yesterday and uh, 220 deaths. We are 38 in the nation in total cases. So 38 out of 50 is relatively good, I would say. And uh, right now we're 29th out of 50 in total cases, right? So we're over a hundred thousand cases, uh, but pretty much there are 30 states that are over a hundred thousand. There might be more now. And uh, we're the 13th largest state in terms of population. So it'd be 29th in cases, uh, 38th in cases just yesterday, I think is at least a symbol that we're doing something right. We're trying our best to get through this. There are a lot of safety precautions. Our testing is really good. Um, I've done testing a couple times now for precautions. Like I got a test before I went to Portland and I'm, I'm proud to live in Washington and see how we're handling it. And thinking about the contrast about how we were the first state to have a case, we were the first state to have a death and it hit us really hard, really early in February and March put our state in a position where I think we had to be proactive and take it seriously and, and move quickly. And so that has kind of led to us probably being one of the safer places to be right now, which is very promising. Obviously that comes with its own version of destruction and problems that have happened uh, as we're well aware of, but I'm, 
it's interesting because I don't feel the same anxiety that I did in April. April was so scary, right? Like it was terrifying. Wake up every day. All I did was look at the numbers. And that was when we were on like true, that was when we were on lockdown, right? That was like, don't go outside. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Plan your one grocery trip for the week and then just stay inside and do everything you can not to expose yourself. Now it's shifted a lot more. There's so many more people out doing things, uh, going out and about, picking up food, going to work. There's lots of people going to work now, um, whether they are essential workers or not. And so there's just, I think everyone's dealt with some of the anxiety. There's still lots of anxiety, but everyone's a little bit more comfortable. And that's kind of terrifying because when you look at these numbers, it's it's worse than ever. Right. And we're seeing lots of athletes, lots of celebrities, um, just people in the media getting it. Obviously, we saw the White House. I did an episode all about that. And we still got to be careful. All right. You've got to be very cautious. Don't don't let this get the best of you. It sounds like this is going to be the how it's going to be for another year. So I think everyone's just making adjustments. I'm certainly making my adjustments and unfortunately not going out like I used to every day. I used to I mean, six days a week I was out. Some in some neighborhood in the city, meeting with local businesses, talking to people, exploring, telling stories. And now that's really like shifted. I'm very tactical about the places that I go. It's planned out. It's who am I meeting with? What goals do I need to get? And and this app that I'm working on is uh, I'm having to be a little bit more tactical about how I go out. I can't just like walk into every single business and say, hey, I don't feel safe doing that. And the business doesn't want me doing that either. Uh, so it's been going out and prospecting kind of from far away and i'm doing a lot more digital research on like how can i get in contact with these people whether it's through instagram or twitter or facebook or through email by searching on their website uh but i i have a little bit of time because of the app that i'm working on to slowly build a relationship so that's okay at least for now and we'll see uh i gotta start making some more content related to it when we get to January. And so that will be very interesting on how we deal with it. But I wanted to bring it up and just talk about it because I know personally, I'm not looking at it every day anymore like I, I used to. But right here with the fall, we're so early in the fall season and like the typical flu and cold season. Also, yeah, I don't think we have a flu case in the state of Washington yet, which is very interesting. Uh, but there's just so much less interaction happening now. But I'm sure with schools and daycares and all that, it, it will it will get to us soon. Uh, but we got to keep an eye out on this because there's still thousands of people getting sick, thousands of people dying every single day, uh, right? Like we're going to get close to 10,000 people dead this week. That is just horrifying, terrible, so scary. And I thought it was important to bring up for my own documentation here on the show. But let's go into more 2020 bad news. Uh, since I missed last week, we're going to kind of blend uh, some of the stories that happened. And so this is some of the headlines that I saw from kind of the last two weeks here in Seattle. The first one is there are some restaurant closings, some big ones and small ones. Some are temporary, some are permanent. But some of the businesses that we heard from in the last two weeks is uh, Ballard's Fine Dining, Tarzan E. Jane is selling their business. We don't have a date on that, but they are uh, going to not be there for so much longer. I have a gift card there, so I definitely will be featuring them here soon. Uh, Boat Street, which is a very popular place on Denny there in the Northwest Work Lofts. They are going to be closing in mid-November. Marie Hines is closing what I think is her last restaurant in Seattle, Tilth. Uh, their last night is tonight, the 30th. No Bones Beach Club, the famous uh, vegan spot in 
Ballard has closed down and Best Cafe 24-hour diner is temporarily closing down, as did the two uh, restaurants for Ivers, both in the waterfront and uh, there in the University District on the top of Lake Union. They are temporary closers, so hopefully we'll get them back uh, sooner rather than later. But now I'm thinking if this is going to go, uh, it I would assume it could be at least a year. And so the closings keep on mounting and keep on coming as uh, we, we should expect. It's going to be a long run. There are some businesses that are doing pretty well, I, surprisingly, um, specifically talking about restaurants, the ones that were more prepared with their marketing materials, how they were investing in specific online advertising, whether that's through Facebook and Instagram or even attracting people on TikTok because there's definitely viral TikToks going that are driving traffic to businesses. Um, and just if they had an, a set budget and they knew how to spend it, they're definitely getting more attention, especially because online ordering, uh, if they had those systems up, I know that's created some more success in businesses that were prepared there. Definitely not a um, save all business kind of thing. But with all the closures, we're also starting to see some businesses open that are pretty exciting. And so some ones that got mentioned were these brioche donuts called Flower Box. I've featured them before. They just opened their brick and mortar retail spot. There's this spot called Soul Shack on the Hill, which took the small little coffee stand. Um, and then there's another pop-up that I'm planning to visit here soon uh, called Mango Sticky Rice. And they're popping up in Wallingford. And so it's cool to see some of these new businesses starting to spring up and people being experimentative, uh, making, taking experiments on different food businesses because the food industry is changing extremely quickly. I talked about Canlis uh, doing their 10 different businesses on the last podcast, and I've really enjoyed actually. Uh, I'm really glad that Amanda bought that community college membership because there's been some really entertaining classes for us to learn about the city of of Seattle and I'm hopeful that some of these businesses are going to continue to grow and figure out new models and how they survive during this pandemic and onward. What's what is similar by a lot of these places, and we saw this before the pandemic, was the more like fast casual style. People hanging out for two hours just A isn't acceptable currently and isn't a great business model. You don't make enough money to have people sit there when you're paying staff and the overhead of those seats and how much money they can generate. So everything is coming is quick order online, pre-order, grab and go. If there, it's a pop-up and there's a line, this obviously turns into what looks like a huge line. You grab your stuff, you go home. And that's, that's where a lot of the photography happens. I know States are starting. Some cities have started closing down indoor dining. I know Chicago this week, got rid of indoor dining. I wouldn't be surprised if we have another one of those uh, decisions here sometime in the winter, just out of safety. And so, but but it's, my point here is that businesses are changing right now. We're starting to see people evolve and come out and uh, starting launching these new pandemic friendly businesses. And I think that's really cool. That's really inspiring with the amount of businesses that have been started now. These are the moments. These are the beautiful things that rise from the ashes of 
terrible moments that we have in our history. And I think this is just the start to start to see it. So I want to make sure that I'm highlighting these businesses that start up. If you know any businesses that you just want me to give a shout out to, or you want me to feature, please let me know. And I would love to tell their story or learn their story at least a little bit, because there are some really cool things that are popping up here right now. Something that started this week was Seattle Restaurant Week. Uh, that started on Monday. And what Seattle Restaurant Week is, there's usually like a curated menu. It's usually like three courses from hundreds of local businesses usually participate in this. And I've actually only eaten at one startup restaurant week restaurant ever. And that was before I even had Find Me in Seattle. And I've just never had a connection to the week and i've never promoted it or really shown it off but the one time that i did go is i went to the restaurant six seven at the edgewater which is really fancy hotel there on the waterfront they aren't open currently and neither is a restaurant but what i learned there is the best part of seattle restaurant week is to take advantage of some of these high-end restaurants that you wouldn't have gone and dined at anyways with them being to go i think it's a little different i'm not really sure what experience you're going to get for 35 dollars and, and is it going to be the same? But the the way to take advantage of Seattle Restaurant Week, in my opinion, was always find those restaurants that you know would have cost you you know two hundred hundred to two hundred dollars to go to normally, and just be able to get a sample right for thirty five bucks a person, get something uh, and have some small experience with the restaurant. I would still recommend that now. Um, I had ramen last night, but it's like, and they have a Seattle Restaurant Week menu but that's probably not the place that would get seattle restaurant week right going to a place like six seven uh, or Ta tarzani jane if they were on there would be the kind of experiences that you want to have and take advantage of and while i was kind of typing up some of my notes here i was like why don't i ever promote seattle restaurant week and there's a little bit of stubbornness i think uh which maybe maybe it's not it's good for me to actualize and realize at least but i think there was one time they reached out to all these foodie influencers a couple of years ago to partner with them to do like giveaways with gift cards and show off restaurant week and i wasn't chosen out of all the foodie influencers to uh be part of that and i think i just like was super stubborn uh, that happens a lot i probably could expand a lot more on like the the influencer dynamics that happen in, in choosing who you work with and like how that makes people feel and um it's it's never been anything negative but when you see that and you see a lot of your peers getting these partnerships and these promotions then i was like well i'm definitely not gonna promote that then uh i've i've always been at find me in seattle the kind of person that's like i don't want to be promoting something that everyone else is promoting and obviously that happens sometime and unless they reach out to me and it's a collaboration i know they're collaborating with a lot of other people but something like that was like I want to promote these restaurants, yes, but uh, Seattle Restaurant Week isn't something that I need to promote. And so, yeah, just very weird. And I saw it on the menu uh, at a place this week, and I didn't even realize that it started on Monday. They, I don't think they have the same reach that they've normally had, uh, but I still recommend it. If you, there's a restaurant that you've been dying to try, you know it's out of your price range, this could be an excellent way to try it. So uh, this is my shout out for Seattle Restaurant Week. Uh, normally I wouldn't, but um, yeah, here it is. Go check them out. If you're looking for those restaurants, that is an interesting thing to try. And that's all I'm going to talk about this week of what's going on in Seattle uh, as far as like news and events and everything within the industry. Um, 
let's talk a little bit about my week here at Five Me in Seattle. It was an interesting week because I was in Portland over the weekend. We drove home on Sunday. Seahawks game was Sunday, which was was a miserable ending. And then I didn't go outside on Monday. Didn't go outside all day Tuesday. And it was Tuesday night. There was a Sounders game that night at like 7 p.m. And I realized it was like 6 p.m. And I was like, I have not been outside since I went from my car into my apartment on Sunday night. And then all Sunday, I really wasn't outside all that much either. I was in the car. And so I just went and I took a walk around the my nearby parking structure uh, because at the top of the parking structure, they have like a community garden in on half the parking lot, which is just like a great place here in downtown Seattle to walk to, go walk around, smell all the flowers, see kind of this beautiful nature right below the Space Needle and with all the buildings and everything. But it's like really one of the few places you can go in the area that I live that like doesn't have the noise of the city and all of the hecticness. So I just went, walked around that parking lot a couple of times, kind of like took some moments to myself. And that was like the, the most outside that I've been. I realized that day I was like, wow, like I used to spend every day exploring and walking around all these local businesses. And now it's been 48 hours where I haven't gone outside and I need to go like intentionally go take laps around. And so uh, I knew that I knew Wednesday was going to be a busy day. I wasn't going to go out outside. And then um, Thursday came around and I had some flexibility in the morning. So what I did on Thursday was I walked all the way down to Pike Place Market and went and explored the market a little bit, um, which if, if you're a local right now, go to Pike Place Market. It's especially if you can make it during the week. It's just there's probably never going to be a time that you'll see it this empty. It's still not empty. It's fairly busy, but it's not what it used to be. That's for sure. There's so many less vendors there. There's just a lot less people. Uh, I'm sure you could find easier access to parking. And I would highly recommend it because in a year from now or two years from now, I think all these tour space places are going to really be popping because I think a lot of people are going to crave getting out and going and visiting these places. And so uh, the tourist destinations are going to be more busy than ever. And so why not go take advantage of it now? You live in this city, go support some of those vendors, go buy some flowers, uh, whether for yourself or your significant other, get some local food. I picked up food yesterday from Pasta Casalinga, which I think is the now the best pasta in all of Seattle. And uh, I know I've mentioned their story before, but they have three different types of pasta every day. They feature the land, the sea, and the farm. And so it's kind of cool. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the the garden, the sea, and the farm. The garden, obviously, like a veggie-based, uh, no meats. There's a seafood one and more of a meat-based one. And I got the farm yesterday, which was delicious. They also have lasagna, and they also have a bake-at-home lasagna, which I've been meaning to feature and pick up. Uh, I'll try to get that here in the next month so I can tell you more about that because their lasagna is absolutely delicious. That's kind of their fourth dish there. And I know they're selling pasta now. It's it's more or less just like a walk-up table. You can dine in. Uh, I took mine to go, uh, but just seeing how they, A, they had people in line, which was great. I love seeing that, seeing that they're at least surviving right now and selling some pasta is great. But that's always been, or that's become my like go-to recommendation. You go to Pike Place Market, uh, go check out Pasta Casa Linga because you'll get some good food there. And uh, it was just nice to walk down there. I walked all the way home. So I think I got like 10,000 steps just in the morning by taking a walk down to Pike Place Market, seeing something that 
I used to see all the time, and now I don't see all the time. But it was just nice to uh, feel the city. The city is so different than it ever used to be just because there's so few people. There's so few cars down there. Everything's still boarded up. There's lots of beautiful artwork everywhere, especially around that Pike Place area. There's unbelievable murals. There's this really cute puppy golden retriever puppy mural, and there's like seven puppies all with glasses on. Um, just things that will make you smile, and there's some beautiful art and creativity that has been popping up around the city, which is, is I guess, nice to see given the circumstances that Pike Place, our Pike Place, that downtown Seattle is really uh, turning into a ghost town really quickly. And it's sad, sad to see because none of the businesses are there in their offices. So obviously none of the businesses, small businesses are there to support that population. And so it's really changing. I'm very curious and see what downtown Seattle is going to turn into. Uh, I think, the rise of the neighborhoods will happen and what's downtown going to turn into is a, a big mystery right now because as long as those working people aren't going to be visiting those spots down there what's going to happen are these office spaces going to get converted into housing which i really hope they do because we need it and the real estate is sitting empty but i don't know those those aren't my decisions to make but i hope they do it because we could get more people down there and that will kind of bring some vibrancy back to the city one other thing that i've wanted to try at pike place market that i haven't done is uh the restaurant maximilian has created these like bubbles that you can go and dine into i'm planning to get some of that here soon uh something else that i did this was last friday uh on sixth avenue right by the amazon spheres they're calling the streeteries and they've built these three very long tents with tables they even have like flowers on the tables um and hand sanitizing stations and what they are is they built these places to support the restaurants there uh in the re denny regrade area so that we can go and visit pick up food and go and sit outside and there are a lot of tables you know like probably a hundred places to sit in these three different eateries and go take advantage of those because they are there and nobody is using them so i um featured them it was a it was a paid story which is great for great to do and uh just go pick up food from some of the business that are supported there is 2120 uh what else costco antiguo they've kind of had their own tent a block away, Lady Yum, Nam New Street Food, and Marination Station. I chose to eat at Wilmot's Ghost, which is inside the Spheres. Uh, I believe it's a Renee Erickson restaurant. And when they opened up inside the Spheres, it's high end, like Instagram aesthetic, uh, very cute place with expensive food. So I hadn't eaten there before. And I was like, you know what? An agency is paying me to feature this. I am going to get this food that I normally wouldn't get because I've eaten at all the other places before. So I got got food at Wilmot's Ghost. First, I walked in. There's nobody there. And uh, they have like this fresh baked bread section and they have these pizzas. But what I got was their meatball sandwich, which was uh, one of the top things on the menu. It was only 14 bucks, And I was like, whoa, I thought this place was expensive. Uh, but then I looked at the the squash dish that I got and I think, I think it was 12 bucks. And then I got tiramisu, which was like must have been ten bucks also. So it was interesting the price comparison uh, with the meatball sandwich. But for fourteen bucks, if you're in the area, like that's a pretty good deal on a sandwich, considering the prices you pay in downtown Seattle. And so I got that food to go, and then I sat out on this outdoor seating area, which it was a little cold. I think they need heaters there, but I had a jacket on, I had a beanie on, so I was okay. Um, 
but there's it's like this huge tented area and there was zero people there's like a security guard who's sitting in there and there were zero people sitting in there and it was kind of sad because this is a great thing that i believe amazon paid for to support all these businesses but not a lot of people know about it if you go after 4 p.m., there's free parking at Amazon. There's plenty of street parking when I showed up there before for lunch as well. And so if you're looking for something different to do uh, and you have access to get down there and you want to go somewhere for lunch or dinner, like go support some of these places. I mean, Mam Noon and Marination are not expensive restaurants whatsoever. Costco Antigua is absolutely delicious too, and it's a, a safe place to go sit outside um, and provide you know somewhat of a dining experience. And uh, yeah get a friend or if you need there's it, it would be a great place to do a social distance dinner because you could totally take ownership of like half of one of these tents no problem and have people all in the corners and be talking across from each other i think that'd be a great opportunity they didn't tell me to promote that but uh, that's something that i'm personally going to be be doing too um all right and the last thing that or i got two things the last thing that uh i got this week was i got you can see it here in the video. I got some samples for the new Find Me in Seattle merch. I've had the sweatshirt for a long time. I've actually had the shirts up for a while, but I wanted to order my own samples to test them out. There's some things I want to change. I got some long sleeve ones, one that just over uh, the chest says Find Me in Seattle. I put the backpack on one of them. I'm going to mix those up. I think I'll, I need a black shirt with a yellow backpack icon on there. Uh, but if you want to check those out, I've pretty much made those. So I make zero money on them. I'm um, selling them at cost i think i make a dollar on each transaction and that's to uh, print them drop ship them ship them to you um they've got my own labels and everything on them and uh shout out to seattle viaduct for helping me out but uh yeah if you want to continue support me find me in seattle.com shop and uh if you have any feedback on the clothing i can make these things so easily now um and i want to get them out and whatever you kind of want let me know and and i'll mock those up for you if you or there's a pullover hoodie or a pullover sweater. If you want something like that, please let me know. Colors, whatever it is. Love your feedback on that. Um, and then this week, I launched a new video for Don Lucho's, the Peruvian restaurant. Please go check that out. And uh, yeah, tomorrow is Halloween. We are not planning to go out or really even dress up, but we are playing bingo tomorrow night, which I'm excited to do. That'll be a fun thing with our friends to celebrate the holiday from home. Um, I watched a movie last night called Come Play. Could be a good scary movie for you to watch if you're looking for something. I'm not sure if it's free or if it's – I think it's probably going to be paid, so maybe not. But uh, it's a scary monster movie. They've got these themes that touch on, like, loneliness and uh, connection to your phone. There's this monster that, like, comes out of their phone uh, after you read the story. And and it's got some good jumpers. Nothing that, like, I went to bed, like, and need to hide under my covers for, which uh, – so – but it was, it, was, it was a decent scary movie. I, I would – I would say, yeah, it's decent is where I should leave it. And uh, so that's called Come Play. It came out today in theaters. It was cool to get a special sneak preview of that movie. Uh, they sent me like this digital preview and even had my name on it, like exclusive distribution just for Connor Kaysen. Uh Don't post this on the internet. Uh, but I'm telling you about it now because that was what they wanted me to do. So that is it. My camera is about to uh, expire here. Thank you for listening to the show this week. I hope you have a happy Halloween. I hope you are washing your hands, wearing your mask. I hope you're treating people kindly. And uh, you know next time we are on the show, we should know, at least have a good idea of who the next president is. Um, maybe you voted. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you submitted. Maybe you haven't yet. 
But uh, get that in if you plan to do so. And uh, I wish you luck. I hope all of your wishes come true. Have a great weekend. Be very safe on this Halloween. And uh, have some fun. Try to enjoy yourself if you can. Bye.